So what do you do if you feel that you've been left behind at work? Well, we're going to talk about the emotions that come with that, how we deal with them so that we can reset and then move forward, whatever that may be. Let's go. Helping you win in your work life so that you can win in your life. This is the Ken Coleman Show. I'm Ken. Thrilled to be with you. So we live in a comparison-centric world. Even if you are the most mature, the most healthy person uh, walking the face of the earth today, it's impossible not to compare yourself. Social media. Now, I I guess if you were to not be on social media at all and you were to live in, in utter isolation, then you could avoid comparison. But even then, I think your mind would wander. How so-and-so doing? What are they doing now? Where'd they end up? It, it, it just, this is just who we are as humans. But now you take that that nasty little quality we have where we tend to compare ourselves to other people and we're constantly measuring ourselves against others, and then you exacerbate it, you blow it up, you pour gas on the fire, whatever metaphor you want to use, with social media, and 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 it just it, it, it can be unbearable. And then the ne- the competitive nature of getting after it. So I, I, I'm always encouraged by people, and, and I've shared these messages before, to be careful about comparison and don't compare yourself, blah, 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 blah. But here's the bottom line. If you are getting after it, if you are living and working on purpose, I got news for you. You're in a competition. I've said that many times on the show. So if you are competing, then you are comparing. And so there's a tension here. And so I just want us to be okay with accepting this tension. If I'm competing... By the nature of it, I'm comparing. Now, if I'm competing against myself, which is healthy competition, with with a focus on, yeah, I want to beat out somebody else, I'm not going to be nasty and negative about it. But, But if I'm competing against myself, even there I'm comparing. I'm competing against the me of yesterday, right? So I want us to get this, because this is very important to understand the psychosis, the, the, the emotion around getting overpassed, overlooked, in the workplace. So we're going to be very real today because I think there are a lot of you that are listening and watching today that you need to hear this. And I really believe that we're going to equip you to handle this and encourage you to get over it. But we've got to first realize it is okay to have some yucky, nasty feelings when you get passed over, looked over at the office. So what does it mean to be left behind at work? I think there's two classifications. The first one is your peers are getting promoted ahead of you. Maybe someone came in after you and they've leapfrogged you. Maybe somebody came in at the same time, but they've they've gone up the ladder and you haven't. Maybe they've got one promotion you haven't gotten any. Maybe they've had more promotions than you have. The idea here is other people that you know, see, doing work with, are getting more ahead than you are. That's one. The second is... Your work friends have moved on to greener pastures. They left you literally behind. <laughs> we saw this in the Great Resignation, where where people were just feeling so lonely and stressed because they lost so many coworkers to other companies. And if you have a good relationship with somebody that you work with and they move on, let's just be honest, it's sad. And again, this is where comparison sneaks in. They didn't leapfrog you in your organization. But they left and they went somewhere else and you just start to wonder. I wonder what kind of pay bump they got. Maybe they told you. They got a promotion going somewhere else. 
And you just start to wonder, should I leave? Should I stay? And so these are the two classifications of being left behind. Now, this can stir up a lot of negative emotions. It can stir up worry. It can stir up discouragement. It can stir up doubt. Well, let's just look at that really quickly. Worry, I'm worried that I'm doing something wrong. I'm worried that I'm never going to get ahead. I'm worried, worried, worried. You start skating around in your brain all the negative things you begin to fear things the second emotion of discouragement is you begin to think less of yourself i'm not as good as they are i'm not as good as these people something's wrong with me it gets discouraging quickly and then doubt you start to doubt that there's any opportunity where you are or maybe that there's any opportunity anywhere else and so you take that cocktail folks and it's dangerous one part worry one part discouragement, one part doubt, and you swig on that every day, yikes. So you begin to wonder what's next. This is very natural. Is my season ending where I am? Oh, boy. That starts to create all kinds of emotions as well. Uh, Or do I need to change? So is my season ending, in other words, I need to change locations, or do I need to change? Is there something that I need to examine? So if you're feeling left behind at work, you have to acknowledge those feelings, deal with them, own them, soak in them, and then go, okay, do I need to change locations, or do I need to change myself? So let's look at that. Let's look at changing you. Dig deep here. Dig really deep. What's causing these negative emotions or what's causing you to believe that you've been left behind, that you have been passed over? Is it actually true? Or did someone else just do something good and they got rewarded for it? Are you being shortchanged by your leaders? Or did someone else just do really good? So is this envy? The Merriam-Webster definition of envy, I think, is important here. It's defined as resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with the desire to possess the same advantage. So it is possible when you actually think that you've been passed over, that you've been overlooked, that you haven't and that you're struggling with envy. And as Webster defines envy... I'm resentful that someone else has progressed and I want to progress. But have you actually been passed over? This is a huge part of this. And I'm not belittling or minimizing your feelings or maybe the facts that you have. What I'm saying is let's take examination of ourselves and see if we've got some facts that will back this up. It's pretty interesting. Now, Could it be that you are struggling with real grief because a good friend of yours, someone that you had built a bond with, has left to go to another organization and you are genuinely dealing with grief? And and it's it's profound sadness that that person is going to be in your life and you start to go, oh, I've been left behind. And it's all about me and my emotions instead of going, you know what? These emotions are real. They're very serious. You need to take them 
at face value and realize this is going to stink for a while. I'm going to miss my friend. Is it shame? Are you dealing with shame? Is this some, you know, you look at yourself and you've got this inner narrative that has been placed in your head and seeped into your heart from a past experience or from people in your life that somehow made you feel like you weren't enough? And so when someone else moves up and you don't move with them, you begin to feel shame. Or is it anger and hurt because you've actually really, truly been done wrong by a leader? We've got to dig and go, what is really going on here? When we look specifically at these emotions, it reveals to us, oh, now this is what i got to deal with. So coming up next, how do we actually move forward? I'll break it down next. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show, where we help you win in your work life so that you're winning in every area of your life. If you're enjoying the show via YouTube, we would appreciate so much your support by liking the video you're watching, a thumbs up and a subscribe, and and share the video if you think it's going to encourage someone else. And if you're listening via your favorite podcast app, would you follow us and would you give us a five-star review and again, share if you feel that this content will encourage others. Uh, We're growing and we appreciate your support so very much okay so we finished the last segment talking about the specific sources of the negative emotions and we said that could be envy could be grief could be shame could be anger and it's important as we walk through those if you're feeling looked over passed over at work we've got to get to the source of why we feel this way for this main reason, am I right or am I wrong? Am I right or am I wrong? Because if I'm right, let's just play this one out quickly, that I am being overlooked, we've got a very clear decision. My time here is nigh. My time is coming to an end pretty soon. I've hit my lid here for whatever reason. That's if we're right. But if we're wrong, whoa. If we're wrong, we've got some learning to do, and we've got some growing to do. We have got to learn about ourselves, why we're feeling this way, if the facts don't represent this, and then we've got to grow through this. Because if we don't do this and we assume that we're right, but we're actually wrong, we will make a change that will set off a cycle of you not getting the needs that are improperly fixed at work i fixed i fixated on i need this i need this i need this and they're never going to get met and guess what's going to happen you're just going to be wandering and wandering and wandering through your professional life that's why this is so vital so when we look at those root causes envy grief shame or anger because you're not where you want to be now we go oh i can react to that Because guess what I can control? There's two things that I can control, and I've learned this the hard way. Because, folks, I'm going to be very vulnerable with you. Every time I write a new book, every time I do something different uh, uh, from a show standpoint, every time I uh, come up with a new talk and I deliver it, every time I do anything new 
that I have to put out there that is designed to help people, I get absolutely sick to my stomach and I'm consumed with worry, which is really a fear of rejection. What if people don't buy it, don't like it? It's terrible. And I still deal with it. And I'm wildly confident, watch, when I create it. I'm very confident because I have a pretty good idea that this is a problem that exists. Now, I do, what I don't know is, is if the solution that I come up with is a popular solution. I don't know that, but I know that the problem. So I can get confident there, but then the moment comes when you got to put it out there. And man, do I get stewed up. So I, I, I just want to be real with you on this. To say this, here's what I've learned. When I get that way, I realize there's two things that I can control. I can control what I feel, and I can control how I act. I cannot control if people buy the book, buy the assessment, come to my live event, like the talk that I give. I, I, I cannot control that. But I can control how I feel, and I can control how I act. So this is very important as we look at some of you really feel right now as though you may have hit your lid in your current organization because you think they've overlooked you, they don't appreciate you, they don't value you, they're not investing in you. That's what you feel. And so we got to figure out, is this, is this factual or is this all feeling-based and there's no facts to support it? So let's just run through some things. As we look through those causes, envy, grief, shame, or anger, let, let's just say that you've got some grief because people have left and you feel left behind. If you don't take care of that grief and really deal with that by owning it, first of all, and then beginning to develop and build new relationships in the office, then that's an example of an emotion will drive you potentially to leave or to retreat in the office and it'll hurt you. Another example is, what about shame? Because I think this is the one that I think gets most of us in this situation. We feel as though we're not enough. Because again, of something that happened to us earlier on in our life, or something has been said to us, we start to compare someone else is moving up, they're doing this, they're doing this, and I'm not there. And guess what happens? We become ashamed of who we are. I'm not enough. I'm not as good as her. I'm not as whatever, whatever, whatever. Now, this is, this is, listen, folks, this is deathly if you don't get this. It will kill your spirit. It will kill your career. It could kill your relationships because this stuff just starts to spill out like a toxic disease and it will just infect everybody in your life, professional and personal. Shame. Oh, it's nasty. Everyone else is getting promoted. I must not be good enough. So you know what we do? We start to focus on our feelings in this false narrative that we aren't enough. And then what happens is we don't focus on where we can get better because we're too busy worried about the pain and not the progress. Have you been coasting a little bit? Are there some areas that you could develop a little bit more and strengthen your opportunity? Have you talked to your leader to say, hey, where could I get better? What are some skills that I can add? 
what are some things that will make me more, more valuable to the team? These are hard conversations because sometimes we're, we're, we're afraid of what we might hear, what we might not hear, but we've got to do it. Every time there's loss or failure, there's an opportunity to grow. And this is what I want you to get. When we feel overlooked, we get passed over. Somebody, we were up for promotion and someone else got it and we didn't. We didn't get a lot of feedback. Here's another one. Let me bring in another group of people that we get a lot of calls on the show about. You applied for a job. You got pretty deep in the process and it was really positive throughout each interview. And then out of a, out of kind of what you felt like everything was going great, you got to the final interview, maybe that you were with three candidates and all of a sudden, we're not going to hire you. And you don't get any feedback. I just met a guy in Kansas City at my breakthrough event, and he was so discouraged, he got teared up in the line. And he said, Ken, I don't know what to do. I was in the final interview three straight jobs in a row, and I didn't get it, and I'm not getting any feedback, and I'm starting to wonder, and he got choked up. Is something wrong with me? So here's what happens. That's a That is... That's a combo there, that particular situation. And when we get passed over internally, it's it's a combo of, I feel like I failed, and there's a sense of emotional loss. It's powerful. It eats you up. So here's what you have to do. You have to go, this is in fact a loss. I don't think it's a failure. A lot of people think they failed. You didn't fail. You you went for something and you lost. I tell you what my new obsession is right now. Pickleball. I'm obsessed with pickleball. I've only played like six or seven times. And I was playing against some friends, and quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you, first couple of matches, I won. And then we started playing some people that would rotate in over at the pickleball courts last weekend, Alex, and I got smoked. I got smoked. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm using a silly example here, but I'm not trying to be a pro pickleball player, but i tell you what I learned. I actually learned more about how to play pickleball when I got smoked. Me and my buddy got smoked by a, a, a dad and his teenage son smoked us. Guess what I learned? I learned some things about how to play pickleball. Why does all this matter? Because when we lose, when we have a loss, it is an opportunity to learn. Turn rejection into redirection. Redirect on what you can control. Your attitude, your effort, your growth, your actions. It's happened to all of us. Welcome to the race. Keep on running. You were created to fill a unique role. You are needed, and you must do it. I believe that with everything in my being, and I'm here to help you. We've created an incredible tool for those of you that feel stuck, confused, scared, doubtful about the future. It's called the Get Clear Assessment. It measures the three unique elements of every human being, talent, what you do best, passion, what you love to do, and mission, the results that motivate you. Gives you a detailed report so you see yourself as maybe you've never seen yourself before the way the rest of the world sees you. You have tremendous awareness and clarity, which gives you confidence and courage. Gives you a purpose statement based on those three elements 
and it becomes a high-level job description for you so that you never wonder, what is my unique role? It's called the Get Clear Assessment. Get it at kencoleman.com slash assessment. kencoleman.com slash assessment. It's only 30 bucks. Could be a great gift, by the way, to a family member, a friend who is struggling. Let's go to Bree, who joins us now in Oakland, California, the former home of the Raiders. Bree, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. How are thank you, Bree? Thank you so much for having me. You bet. I'm well. So excited. Well, thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. What's up? Well, this is an answer prayer. So... I'm currently a full-time government employee, um, and I help people with severe mental health challenges find employment. Mm -hmm. And I'm a part-time student. The last two years, I've been really unsure about what I want to do with my career. Mm -hmm. It's really important to me that I find something or I find where I want to be for the long term because it's kind of one of my passions to find and do what I really want to do in work. And I just don't have the desire or the same passion that I once had. Um, In the past, I've done um, about five years, I've done um, job placement, employment specialist type work before that I worked as a preschool teacher for some years and housing specialist work but now I'm at a place where I don't know exactly where I want to be in my career and I've taken the get clear assessment not once but twice why'd you take it twice well I took it last year and I was like okay it gave me an idea but I still didn't know okay what exactly I wanted to do and then I was like, okay, let me see if it's changed. Cause I've changed some of the things that I once thought that I was really interested in. It's changed over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took it again and it was slightly different, but, um, not a whole lot. Yeah. Well that that's good news because what the assessment does not do and cannot do and will not do. And no assessment like this could do it is give you an exact job title. Hey, this is the job title for you. It's not designed to do that. It's designed to give you awareness of you and in your purpose statement, which only changed slightly, so that's good news, it allows you to go, this is what I do best. These are the talents that I have. These are my super talents. These are the above average talents. You've got your report. And so these are essentially your power tools. So God gave you those tools. So any work that you do that's purposeful will allow you to use those tools. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And then when it shows you what you're passionate about, it, this is this is revealing your heart. See, passion and mission, those two results of the assessment reveal your heart. The, the, the talent side is just technical. All right, this is what I'm good at. God gave me this. And now the clues to what is a great role for me is going to require those tools that God's already given you. And you can sharpen those tools. Now, the passion and mission side is, look, I love doing this type of work. And these results are what deeply motivate me. So I've got to go find work that allows me to use what I do best to do work that I love to produce results that matter to me. You understand all that. What's challenging you right now is you don't have this one idea after you take the assessment that goes, bing, and for some people it does, some people it doesn't. But what you do have, what you do have is a a high-level job description. And you need to start looking at your purpose statement every day in the morning and once at night until it becomes second nature to you and you can mem- and you've memorized it just by looking at it and the more you look at it the more ideas that will come out because that is the job description now you start to match that up with with jobs that are out there 
So I'm going to help you go through an exercise that I think is going to reveal what I think is sitting there waiting for you to just blurt out. So the world of work is is divided into four areas. This is what I believe, and this is what's underneath the assessment. People work, process work, idea work, and things work. People work is I'm working with people. I looked at your entire body of work that you just gave me, and you've been in the people business. You also said at one point you had some passion. So at one point you really, really enjoyed working with people. True or false? True. And I'm guessing that your top three talents are all people-driven talents. Is that true? Yes. Uh Aha. So we already know you're good at people work and you love people work, correct? That's true. All right, now if we look at processes, what are process? What does that mean, process work? systems, organizational type stuff, and an, an analyst. It's it's all about the process, efficiency, that kind of thing. And then ideas work. Well, that's the world that I'm in. I'm in the idea of people. I've got a combo of ideas and people. So I'm coming up with content all the time designed to help people. I work with people, but I'm I'm dealing in the in the space of content and ideas. So ideas is a creative, you know, so writers, speakers, authors, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's content, ideas, inventors, blah, 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 blah. You got inventors could go ideas to processes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they could yes. go ideas to things. Things is very tactile. I like to build. I like to uh, fix, design, whatever. So when you look at that, do you feel like you're in the, I'm good at people stuff and I like people stuff? Is there any process, any idea type of work that you love? Um, I'll tell you what, give me your results. Give me, give me your first results, okay. not your second results of the assessment. Okay. The first time that I took the first okay, time, I'll read it. Um, I was created to use my talents of discernment, compassion, communication to perform my passions of analyzing, researching, advising. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Analyzing, researching, and what? Advising. Interesting. Okay. And then what was the missional result? Um, to accomplish my mission of service. Yeah. So this screams to me, people. So your top talent of discernment, you read people really well. Yeah, really and, well. And you have good wisdom. You make sound decisions, whether for you or for other people, true or false. Very true. Absolutely. And the compassion part of you, it just warms your heart when you're stepping in to help somebody who's hurting. It does. Yeah, come on. I heard a smile when you said that. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, folks? You can hear someone smile, and then and then and then communication. That's just boom. You just you just have the ability to listen and the ability to connect. And so I, those that's what you're really good at. Now I go over there and I go discernment lines up with analyzing. Mm-hmm. Discernment lines up with researching. I know what I need to research, and I got to research, and then I got to analyze what I just researched. And the advising comes in with compassion and communication. Mm-hmm. And then I look over at what okay. really matters to you. You want to just serve people. I want to yes. meet them in their place of pain. And I want to be a bridge for them. True or false? True. This is really simple. So what you've got to do is, is stop worrying about the specific job and the specific lane. That will reveal itself if you answer these three questions. Who are the people I most want to help? What is their problem or desire? And then as I'm advising these people, what's the best way to do that? That makes sense? I think you're looking for an advisory role. 
So who are the people that you most want to help? Just say it. What is their problem? I would mostly need. Yeah, but there's a deeper... What need? What need breaks your heart or angers you more than any need out there? Say it. Come on. Poverty? Boom. Um, Boom. You've already answered um, it. You're just afraid to say it. Your mind is not blank. It's people in poverty. Is that personal to you, yes or no? Not to me, but to a lot of people whom I know. There you go. So it's personal. It's personal. You've seen people in your life struggle with poverty, and you go, that's not okay. I want to do something about it, yes? Yes. All right. So we're looking everywhere. Who Who are the organizations that are serving people in poverty? What job opportunities do they have that allow me to fulfill that purpose statement? This is simple. Bree, believe it, trust it, do it. I know you're going to help a lot of people. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.